1: Uh, yes, I did mention my next guest, one of my favorite NFL insiders. He's only been following the sport and the game for decades, and he's been coming on my show for the same length of time, Russell Baxter from Fanside of ProFootballGuru.com, my guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy New Year, Russell.
0: Well, Happy New Year to you, sir. How have you been?
1: I've been fine, what are we about fifteen days into the new year? The wife still hasn't kicked me out, so I guess I'm ahead of the game
0: uh you're absolutely correct and and um you know it was a twenty twenty was a different kind of year, and uh, what are we 17 uh, seventeen seventeen days well, we just turned midnight so it's right it's the seventeenth so uh I'm not sure what 2021 is gonna be but uh Unlike last weekend, uh, home field advantage has held up, at least it did on Saturday, for the Packers and the Bills.
1: Right, which I want to talk uh, at length about those two games and preview the two games tomorrow. Um, My only thought about 2021 is, and you know I like to make uh, picks and wager, usually on horses more so than football, but I do so on football too, uh, and life. I'm going to bet that 2021 is better than 2020. I don't know if it's going to be great. I don't know if it's going to be perfect. I don't know if we're going to get back to life as normal, but it can't be as bad as 2020. That was my one wish for everyone, that their 2021 was better than their 2020, and I certainly wish it for you. Uh, The start of 2021, not great for the Ravens tonight. Uh, Three points. Lamar Jackson had a less than stellar game, left the game, uh, concussed. Went into uh, protocol concussion protocol. I give credit to the kid coming off the bench, Huntley, uh, replacing him. He tried to do uh, Lamar Jackson type things, uh, couldn't quite pull it off. But did Lamar Jackson's performance tonight negate the one that he had last week in getting his first playoff win?
0: Oh, that's a that's an excellent question. Um, you know, to me, I look at it as uh, four playoff games from Lamar Jackson. That's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, it, to me, it's, it's less about the win-loss record. And, of course, winning is important. But we also know that winning is a team thing. Uh, but I look at the fact that in each of those four playoff games, there has been at least one turnover. He's played four playoff games. He's turned over the ball seven times. Tonight, he threw a 101-yard pick six. Uh, last week, shook off against the Tennessee Titans, but remember, had an early interception as well. And, you know, tonight, you know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, we had four missed field goals, and the wind was a factor, and snaps were a factor, especially for, for Baltimore. They certainly were a factor. Um, you know, but he, he took a lot of sacks last week. Uh, you know, he he's still a work in progress in some regards uh but he has not played tremendous football in you know three years of the postseason again they got a win last week they were down 10 nothing they rallied and came back and so on but um you know th- does that mean he's a, a a bad quarterback does he mean he still doesn't have the potential uh to do better i mean we saw you know peyton manning struggle early in his career when it comes came to playoff games, and he certainly snapped out of it uh-huh. to a regard. But the postseason has been difficult uh, for Lamar Jackson. And, um, and you know, no matter how you slice the numbers, uh, it's hard to argue against that.
1: I want to ask you a question. I saw this tweet earlier today from uh, – he's more your buddy than mine. Not that he's not my buddy, too, but uh, you work with him. Uh, I didn't. Uh, from Adam Chapter of ESPN said that – Um, Mark Ingram was a healthy scratch for today's game. And the Ravens have Edwards and Dobbins, so Ingram would probably have been a guy who wouldn't have gotten the ball much, but I think he's a pretty darn good running back. And uh, Schefter insinuated that it had a salary cap. It was a salary cap decision. I I understand it from a football aspect, and there's only so many balls to go around, and if you needed a roster space for another position, okay, fine, I get that. What does the salary cap have to do with Mark Ingram being a healthy scratch today? If you saw Schefter's Twitter, I hope you understand the rules better than I do.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw it too, and I didn't understand it. And to me, what it made me think of was, you know, not necessarily salary cap, Um, But I did see it, and but I thought incentive. um, You know, was there some because we didn't see a lot of Mark Ingram down the stretch. We saw more Dobbins, and uh, you know, if I remember right, Mark Ingram was on the COVID list. uh, You know, going back a month or so, uh, 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 but um, you know, Dobbins throughout the year has kind of outplayed him. But you know, I, I I didn't understand the salary cap ramifications. Um, you know, and I'm sure Adam delved delved into it a little deeper, maybe in an article or something like that, or on the air, and so on. You know, once the postseason rolls around, you know, I don't know what that means in terms. Yeah, of salary cap, cap is
1: is supposed to be over and done with's Good, I'm glad I'm not the only one who didn't understand. No,
0: no, I saw it. It, it. it was certainly a little confusing, and I'm wondering if it wasn't something about an incentive or something in his contract,
1: which, uh, you know, listen.
0: This time of year, you're trying to win. I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about incentives. I don't care what it would cost.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, salary cap yeah, be damned. Uh, Buffalo Bills uh, outstanding win back to the AFC Championship game first time in decades. Can they actually get back to the Super Bowl? Find a way to win. Well, they got a couple more games to go before that. Um, their offensive coordinator is getting a ton of credit. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He surely does. Uh, Day for the job that he's done uh, working with and improving Josh Allen, who has come leaps and bounds in his three years in the league. But to me, it's almost to a detriment of the head coach of the football team. that The offensive coordinator is getting more attention and more credit for what the Bills are doing than what Sean McDermott is getting. And, oh, by the way, he's in charge of both the offense and the defense. And, by the way, the defense won the game tonight. Uh, Am I uh, just too much of a McDermott fan, Uh, or uh, do you think that uh, the hot offensive coach who's getting coaching uh, interviews all over the league can at times overshadow a head coach who's in position and doing a hell of a job?
0: Well, I mean, McDermott, let's not forget something here. Uh, The Bills went from not being in the playoffs, what, 16 straight years? Uh, from t- 2000 to 2016, 17 straight years, I, that technically, um, and he's had him in the postseason three of the last four years. Uh, you know, and he, Tyrod Taylor in 2017 was a quarterback. Josh Allen's been the quarterback the last two years. Um, I think the emphasis on day ball, Jody, uh, goes with two things. First off, it's the enormous leap that Josh Allen made this year. Okay, and not just in terms of touchdown passes and so on, because he still will put the ball, give up the football. He did have, I believe, 16 turnovers this year. But the thing that jumps out to you about Josh Allen is the completion percentage, which his first two years was, you know, mediocre. And this year he's, you know, and Stefan Diggs has played a big role in that as well. And, you know, if Stefan Diggs and John Brown are healthy both, you know, if Brown is healthier again, remember, he, he missed some time. He's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. I think you combine that aspect with the fact that Sean McDermott's not going anywhere. And, you know, people like to talk about, uh, uh, you know, hot candidates for coaching and so on. And Dayball will certainly be in the mix of that. In fact, he's certainly in the mix for maybe assistant coach of the year. Um, And we'll find that out, you know, the the night before the Super Bowl during the NFL honors situation and so on. But I think that's it. I don't think it's so much, um, you know, McDermott being overshadowed. I just think the circumstances of head coaching openings and Josh Allen being the entity that, uh, you know, let's put it this way. If the Bills defense was lights out right, uh, right now, and tonight they played really, really well, but they've been spotty this year. But let's say they were having a high year. Leslie Frazier would be it, uh, the most talked about, one of the most talked about candidates as far as a head coaching job.
1: Russell Baxter from Fansided.com, FootballGuru.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, um, see if you and I match up on this one. Fill in the blank for me. The Packers are advancing to the NFC Championship game because of their victory over the Rams today, which came about because, fill in the blank, what was the main reason that the Packers beat the Rams today?
0: Balance on offense. Uh, That they were able to run the ball successfully, they did, and and they did it with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and the smattering of A.J. Dillon. um, And, you know, Aaron Rodgers throws for nearly 300 yards. Uh, I believe it was another game in which the Packers didn't turn over the football. Uh, what were the finals? They outgained, they nearly doubled the Rams in terms of, was it 484 to 244? In terms of, I, I just think the versatility and the balance of the Packers offense, which didn't exist for a couple of years, more than a couple of years, uh, with, Mike, uh, with Mike McCarthy. Um, And, you know, that war on the defense and, and, you know, Aaron Jones was asked to carry the team. Aaron Jones is not, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers is not carrying the team these days. He's having a big year because they're able to play complementary football and be able to do a lot of different things. I mean, I think if you now include tonight's playoff game, Aaron Rodgers has played 17 games. He's thrown 50 touchdown passes and five picks. That's not just because of him. And, and, and he's completing 70% of his passes, you know, but he's got weapons. He's got more than one running back in, in the backfield. He has a tight end again. The, Robert Tanyan has been a, a major find for them. So I, I, I think they did what they did with the Rams because, you know, the, the team that gave up the fewest yards in the league and the fewest points in the league. Didn't know if they had to stop the run or stop
1: the pass. Yeah, Tanyan made another huge play again today. Somehow he didn't get named to the Pro Bowl. And I know they're not having a Pro Bowl. It's the virtual Pro Bowl. Yeah. But Ingram of the Giants somehow got named to the Pro Bowl as the second tight end uh, when he had one touchdown and Tanyan had 10. Makes no sense whatsoever. I, I agree with everything you said. You're probably more right than I am. But I do want to add this to the mix. The Rams came in as the best defense in the NFL, uh, whether you regard it by points allowed or Mm -hmm. the yards. I think they're first in one and second in the other, but you combine the two, they're certainly the best defense in the NFL prior to today's game. They got no pressure on Aaron Rodgers, none. Now, I know Aaron Donald was probably not at 100%, but what was the excuses for his other teammates? Whereas the Packers sacked Jared Goff four times today. Aaron Rodgers was not only not sacked once, I don't even know if he was touched. He still wasn't touched on the touchdown run that he made where he pump-faked the guy into next week. Uh, but the the defense of the Rams was a no-show today, and the Packers' defense was uh, in Goff's face all day long, and I thought pressure on the quarterback was a huge factor in today's game.
0: Well, again, complimentary football. Uh, this is... Uh, a, a team that can win various ways now, and uh, you know, for for most of the season, Aaron Aaron Rodgers was very very well protected. He had that you know weird second half against the Carolina Panthers that Saturday night game. I think he was sacked five times in the second half. I think uh, the Packers, when it was all said and done, went up giving up 21 sacks, which is still a pretty respectable total. Okay, let's not also forget this: Green Bay gave up. Uh, Green Bay turned over the ball fewer times than any team in the league this year. They only had 11 turnovers during the regular season. It's just overall efficiency by Green Bay's offense. Green Bay led the league in scoring. They did 509 points. That's well over 100 more points than they did last year in Matt LaFleur's team. And again, all coming together, one of the most, uh, arguably the most efficient offense in the league this year in terms of not making mistakes, Offensive balance, who were they, fifth, you know, top 10 in both rushing and passing yards. So they don't make mistakes. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball downfield this year, which we didn't see a lot of that last year. Let's be honest, even with Devontae Adams, um, you know, it, it kind of started from the get-go when they went into Minnesota and, and went bombs away and so on. So they're not just like Patrick Mahomes last year, Jody. The Chiefs win, you know, obviously he was the Super Bowl MVP. But last year they found ways to win without him having to have big games. And this year Aaron Rodgers is having a big year, but they're not solely dependent on him to carry the team. And that's how it should be, okay? If you're looking for your quarterback to carry your team and throw for 5,000 yards, and you're going to be gravely disappointed. Okay, all those 5,000 yard passing seasons by Drew Brees and a couple other people have meant nothing. And it's, it, it still remains one of my favorite stats indicative in of that. And who led the league in passing yards this year? Deshaun Watson. Jody, that's now 55 for 55. No quarterback has ever led the league in passing yards and won the Super Bowl the same mm-hmm. year.
1: You, you've been using that stat with me for decades, and it's held up uh, throughout all these decades, and it'll go forward into next year again as well. All right, uh, let me get a uh, couple thoughts from you on both of the games to be played tomorrow. Russell Baxter, my guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs went 7-1 and one in the second half of the season. They were only lost last week to the Chargers when they basically went with the JV. They had already locked mm-hmm. up home field advantage. Prior to that, they had all, won all seven games. They beat the Panthers by two, the Raiders by four, the Bucks by three, the Broncos by six, the Dolphins by six, the Saints by three, the Falcons by three before that last game against L.A. They were actually 0 for 8 against the spread in the second half of the season, but they won seven out of eight games and they didn't even try in the one that they lost at the end. Is there any concern for the Chiefs going into tomorrow's game that, you know, we weren't nearly as impressive a team in the second half as we were in the first half? You know, it's real. <laughs> this just popped into my head, Jody.
0: Um, the Kansas City Chiefs would not have made the, the college playoffs, but they wound up with the best record in the NFL.
1: How do you think? Does figure? that make sense? No. No. Oh, because they weren't oh. impressive enough. They didn't get enough uh, beauty pageant they have points. Enough
0: votes because they weren't imp- Exactly. Oh,
1: okay. All right. I see where you get. Okay. That.
0: Right. Well, here's what I do know. Even with that loss to the Chargers, in which they sat a lot of people and so on, um, let me do the math real quick. Twenty-three and two in their last twenty-five games. Okay. Um, you know, I remember seem to remember the, the New England Patriots winning three Super Bowls in four years and won all of them by three points. So the, the thing about the Chiefs that has changed dramatically since 2018 is, again, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. It's no longer has to be a big game from Patrick Mahomes. In 2018, the Chiefs scored the third most points in the season in NFL history. If they would have won the Super Bowl that year, Jody... Their 421 points allowed would have been the most ever by a Super Bowl champion. Last year, the Chiefs only gave up 308 points. That's a 113-point improvement. That's the reason they were able to make big plays and rally from double-digit deficits in every one of their playoff games. Here's what we know about Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs under Andy Reid. He's played five playoff games. The Chiefs have scored at least 31 points in each of those five playoff games. So, yes, they found ways to win. Yes, they didn't blow people's doors off like they did, um, you know, call it going through the motions, call it whatever you want to call it. Um, they set a franchise record, by the way, for with 14 wins. Uh-huh. That had never happened. So they're one of the few Super Bowl champions to actually win more games the year after they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So... And, Listen, and that's, on and that's paper, with the tanking
1: last the ones, last one in the, the season.
0: probably been more impressive than the Chiefs have been. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit of a different ballgame. I, I could easily see Cleveland scoring 20, 24 points and then not being nearly enough.
1: From a very unobjective position of a Jet fan, uh, I know that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is questionable for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tell me, Le'Beon Bell isn't going to go nuts and get the Kansas City Chiefs into a uh, back to the AFC Championship game?
0: I don't know if he necessarily goes nuts because of the way you beat Cleveland is less about running and more about throwing. Okay, and I don't say that because Ben Roethlisberger wound up with five hundred yards last week. Okay, um, you know we saw it when the Browns, uh, you know. I don't want to say came apart, but they couldn't stop Lamar Jackson from throwing the football on that Monday night. Okay. Remember, remember the Browns had a two game stretch, Jody. Okay. And listen, hats off to the Browns. 11 wins is the most since they came back in the league in, in 1999. They've won 12 games. Okay. Um, including the playoff game. They hadn't won a playoff game since 1994, which is the old regime. But remember that two week stretch. Against the Titans and the Ravens. They want, they beat the Titans. They scored 41 points and won the game by six, 41-35. The following week, they scored 42 points and lost at home to Baltimore. So the way you beat the Browns, even with Miles Garrett there, is to tack them and tack them deep. Okay. Because their deep passing defense is not very good. And who's got the fastest set of skill people in the league, including the tight end? That's Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I think we're looking at a high-scoring game. All right, it probably won't be as high-scoring in the NFC matchup between those two elder gentlemen who can both still play a little bit and will be in the Hall of Fame someday, Brady versus Breeze. Um, They did match up twice this year, and Saints walked away with a victory both times. Uh, handily, the first time, easily the second time, thirty-four to three in week number nine. Do you put any stock in the? It's difficult to beat a team three times in a season, or do you believe if I've already beaten you twice, I'm I'm raring to take my shot a third time? Uh, you know,
0: I I've told this story. You know, I I heard it said when I was at ESPN. I heard it said. Um, I can't remember who originally said it. Um, so I decided to check it out. And you know what? It's factually inaccurate. Let's, let's, let's throw that out for the, for the get-go, okay? Um, it, it, beating a team three times in one season, by the way, playing it three times in one season goes back to the 20s, um, even before there were playoff games. But we'll, we'll spin it to the modern day, Jody. Um, coming into this year, there have been 21 occasions um, in which a team swept the team during the regular season and then played them in the playoffs. In 14 of the 21 instances, the team made it a three-game sweep. Right. Okay? By the way, the last team to do this was the Saints. They beat the Panthers three times three years ago, okay, including the wild-card playoffs. Here is a little bit of irony. The last team to sweep a team in the regular season and then lose to them in the playoffs, obviously at home, were the 2007 New York Giants who got swept by Dallas and then beat Dallas in the playoffs. And what did the 2007 Giants go on to do? beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in Super Bowl Forty
1: Two. Right. There is some irony there. And I had heard that stat earlier today, and I used it in the show earlier when a Tampa caller uh, fan called in and said he thinks the Bucs are going to kill the Saints. I said, I don't know how you can make that statement. They might be able to win. Uh, I think it's Mm going to be a close game. I think it could go either way. But how uh, when you've lost twice, one of them being a blowout, you predict a blowout going your way when, as you just pr- properly stated, 66% of the time, yeah, the team that's already won twice finds a way to win that third time as well. Um, is there a coaching advantage in that game for your uh, from your perspective, Peyton against Arians? Has somebody got a leg up in the coaching matchup? I don't
0: necessarily think so. I mean, this is a different Tampa team.
1: Um you know,
0: because Antonio Brown, uh, you know, has got more involved in the offense. I believe when they played each other on that Sunday night in Tampa, I think that might have been Brown's first game uh, with the Bucks. But to me, again, let's go back to defense. And as good as Tampa's defense can be against the run, very susceptible to the pass. I will not forget the image of Tyree Hill having 200 receiving yards in one quarter against Todd Bowles' defense. So – now, do the Saints attack you like that right now? I don't know if that's necessarily the case as well. Here's what I know. Tom Brady played the Saints twice this year. He got sacked six times. He threw two touchdown passes and was picked off five times, including a pick six in the very first game of the year. So give credit to Dennis Allen's unit as well. Um, and, and it's hard to gauge them against last week against the Bears and so on. Um, and, you know, it's, at times down the stretch, the Saints defense wasn't all that great. I, 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 you know, I think both games have the potential. We, we saw two 14-point spreads today, 17-3 and 32-18. I think tomorrow's games are closer, and I think both games are high-scoring.
1: But you like both home teams, correct?
0: Yeah, if I had to lean one, it would be Tampa. Okay, because let's face it, we have seen the Saints three straight years find some incredible ways to lose in the playoffs. Stephon Diggs at Minnesota, uh, really not their fault, you know, the pass interference, bad interference for against the Rams, although Drew Brees did throw a pick early in overtime, and they wound up losing. And, of course, last year, inexplicable almost, um, almost like they outcoached themselves. Um, and then their pass defense collapsed in overtime. Adam Thiel and Kyle Rudolph, uh, you know, the, the Saints, the last two times the Saints have exited the playoffs, both times at home.
1: Fair enough. Uh, so he's got Tampa. I'm leaning toward the Saints. Russell, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we will get you on sometime between now and the Super Bowl. Thanks for hopping on with us tonight. Glad to hear you had a great New Year.
0: Uh, good to hear from you too, sir. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Russell Baxter, fansided.com, footballguru.com, and Bax Football Guru uh, must follow on Twitter. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track, all wheel drive, and three row seating, my whole family
0: can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.